Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. September 28th, daylight. The monsters have taken over the internet. Somehow, we're still podcasting. Man, if that's the thing that survives, humanity is so screwed. <laughs> They'll go out and entertain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally it's like like tens of thousands of years of human endeavor has led to this this is what what it what distilled out it's like really was it was it worth it i don't know man it's not not a good look not a good look for humanity well let, let's not uh do value judgments i'm just saying this is what happened all that's left is nostalgia goggles well i mean yeah so if it but then that makes us the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end right so if if that's true, then we can totally make judgment calls. Who cares? We're all that's left. <laughs> but I guess that we might as well think of ourselves as golden gods because, I mean, nobody's there to challenge us about it. Yeah, you know? great. So, I, I say it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, good, good. So we're on that. So uh, what game do we play? <laughs> we played Resident Evil 3 colon Nemesis, and that matters because they remade this game this year, which was one of the reasons, yeah, one of the reasons it was on my mind and uh, it's just Resident Evil 3. So you uh, you get really angry people in your Twitch stream when they're like, this isn't Resident Evil 3. This is Nemesis. This is the original. Because like you have to tag your stream with the game you're playing. And I did it wrong. They were mad. Good. Well, <laughs> A, good. You deserve that. But, <laughs> but, but B, I mean, like, if it's a nostalgia podcast, probably not playing something that came out this year. Although... I could suggest, you know, that we play this as like, you know, the compare and contrast, in which case I'm immediately proving myself wrong. But no, I found <laughs> out that this game was being remade because, um, you know, like we, we have the, the old copies of it, right? But, you know, sometimes I'll be like, uh, do I want to, you know, bother, you know, booting up this old system and like trying to plug in the old hardware and all sorts of stuff? Or can I just play a version of it on, you know, like my new oh, yeah. place. A, a virtual console psn yeah. kind of yeah you know because because this way i don't have to sit as close to the tv i can sit you know across the room and i don't have to worry about my two-year-old screaming across the room and just like <laughs> yanking the controller out of my hand and then looking at me like i'm the asshole you, you, you are know, like, <laughs> yeah you had a thing they want <laughs> so i thought you were just going under the idea of like i'm just always like well, yeah I, but in this specific instance <laughs> yes but both both globally and specifically um <laughs> but no so uh so i went on to the playstation store and i'm like maybe maybe and i was like you know resident evil 3 and it's like oh dude you want to play resident evil 3 i'm like i do it's like 60 bucks i'm like that's a red flag <laughs> let me <laughs> let me see some gameplay no no, this is probably not right. And so then when I would like... And the, these to, graphics are great. PS1 was killing it. Yeah, they were just knocking it out of the park. I mean, PS2 is garbage. Like, <laughs> like Kingdom Hearts, my butt. Um, but, uh, also, so, but then also, too, if I like, tried to look up anything to like try to understand... Not, not doing research, but like literally like, how, how does this work? Or I'm not really sure I understand this, right? Um really difficult to find anything about that video game because the internet is flooded with the new game so uh yeah i don't know whether you did that to me on purpose but 
I mean, I wasn't trying to make your life harder, <laughs> but I did. And I'm okay with it. it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to point out that uh, the so the remake for this came out earlier in 2020. We mm-hmm. are recording this episode on September 12th of 2020. And this game was originally released on September 22nd of 1999. So the year of the, you know, they, I mean, they re-released it this year on purpose because it's an anniversary and and it came out, you know, um, after the first and second were remade. Uh, But we're so close to the original release date that I think that's kind of a neat coincidence. That is, that is a neat coincidence. Um, I, not to, we, we always try to stay out of like, you know, current <laughs> events because it's supposed to be an evergreen podcast, but a, a, a apocalyptic, you know, post-apocalyptic game coming out on April the 3rd. That's a little on the nose, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like anyone who had any projects that had anything to do with like disease and how it would impact society, they're all just like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Like, is it- is it okay? Like, how tastefully did we do this? Because if we, <laughs> if we played, if this is like Gungeon, but with disease, like this may not be culturally uh, the way to go right now. Yeah, but I mean, like to be fair, you know, sometimes you got to roll the dice, just like Street Fighter Two in the USSR, man. Like it's just, you know, who who to thunk? Yeah, you know, yeah. they're not to blame, or <laughs> I don't think so. Um, Ooh, yeah, that, there's a conspiracy <laughs> theory. But uh, uh, do, do you have a nostalgia experience for this game? Because mine is <laughs> very specific. I, I certainly do not because I was on the right side of the console wars. Uh-huh. Did you? Okay, so you you were a Nintendo kid. Did you? I was. Did you have a GameCube eventually? I did. So did you play Resident Evil Four? You know, I just never really got into the Resident Evil thing, just because it one zombie post apocalypses apocalypse apocalypses yeah um they, they, they were just never really my my bag up until the last of us which is very problematic for me playing resident evil 3 and we'll get into that Ooh, but um an- another thing that came out this year <laughs> <laughs> yep um but uh all oh, this is true um no, I never really got into it, especially because by the time, like you said, is by the time I could, it was on like Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 5. And I was like, man, it was such a cerebral storyline. How in the world would I possibly follow it? <laughs> One. But two is that, you know, the, the fan base on this is, is tends to be pretty, I don't want to say rabid because they're not like toxic or anything like that, but they're pretty dedicated like a lot of people are like have you played resident evil 3 resident evil i'm like no why and they're like movies and a lot of a a lot of backstory and lore and i was just kind of like i don't i don't really i'll just i'll just play you know mario kart yeah that that's fair because i i think you are you're right to make fun of the shallowness of the story in that (laughs) you could absolutely chug through all of the games and never know what the hell is going on because there's never really a point in any of the ones I've played because I've not played anywhere close to all of them, but there's never really a point where it's like, oh, if you don't know that this guy's mother-in-law was cousins with this dude's grandson and that they went to the same school and that's why, like, you never, it, it's, it shoots zombies in the face and don't let them eat you. Like, right. <laughs> knowing the lore is never required to success. And so there is an incredibly deep, ridiculously complicated Looney Tunes story behind all of this universe, but it like, it doesn't matter. So on a scale of Super Mario Brothers to Metal Gear Solid, where it is Resident Evil, 
uh i mean if you if you're taking the, resident evil. If, if you're taking resident evil 3 at like that if that was the whole canon mm-hmm. i would say it's it's like super mario world but heading toward metal gear solid if mm-hmm. you take all of resident evil because now there's like eight games and some spin-off side games and stuff um that's fully i mean they they're roommates with metal gear solid like it's <laughs> it's, it's that level of deep nonsensical complexity just because pe- people like it yeah no i mean i mean there, there's definitely uh, this is com- why not why not i change it this way <laughs> um but no i remember when uh you know start s- the new star wars came out episode seven right yeah. yeah episode seven came out and that was when disney was like hey all of the comics, all of the side stuff, none of it's canon, you know? And that caused quite the stir. Um, and to me, is I, I, I just, because it's just my personality type, I was, is I was talking to somebody and they're like, I can't believe that they would do that. They were all angry and I'm way too lazy to be that angry most of the time. <laughs> so I said, I, as I was like, well, the, the fact that they're not canon doesn't mean that they cease to exist as art you know like you can still enjoy these things even though it's not tied to a grander thing you know like if all of a sudden they said star trek next generation isn't canon in star trek anymore i'm like okay that doesn't mean that like i can't watch it anymore it's not like george lucas came in and added in a bunch of like cgi bunny rabbits (laughs) in the background you know it's it's like it's not that but there there are definitely people and there's nothing wrong with it who, who really loved getting an in-depth knowledge of complex lore like that, that tickles the happiness portion of their brain. So there's absolutely a market for it. Uh, not me, but it, it, it exists and there's, there's nothing wrong with it. So, but that's why a lot of times when people are like, have you played Resident Evil? I'm like, I don't know. This feels like a Metal Gear situation and that's <laughs> not bad. It's just not for me. Yeah, no, that, that is legit because I, for similar reasons, ducked out around this time. I played a little bit mm. of the fourth one and I was just kind of like, eh, you know what? I think I'm all right. And, and as we'll talk about, if we ever get to the actual game, um, there are things that ended up benefiting me that I did not know when I abandoned the series. Um, my entire nostalgia experience for this game can be summed up as I played this while sleeping over at a friend's house all just all night, just all of the nice. night. And not in the way that one might think like, ooh, you played a spooky game at night. That's so spooky. No, because there's a side thing that you unlock that I will have a lot of words about later. Uh, but the the important part of it is in that stupid little side mission, you get money when you complete the side mission faster and faster. And then you can save up the money and then you can buy a rocket launcher with unlimited ammo that you start the game with. And this game stops being a horror game when you have a rocket launcher with unlimited ammo. So it it creates this whole new game plus plus experience that is yes. like obviously not the the core aesthetic of the game, but it's also obviously a way like a 12 year old really wants to play this game. So most of my memories of this game are actually not like that first, you know, bone chilling nightmare inducing experience. It's being like Rambo <laughs> running it's, around the streets of Raccoon City with an unlimited ammo rocket launcher. It's the it's the game genie experience, you know? Like it's Yes. It sounds like, no, that sounds like the, game genie but with a bunch of extra steps. It is game genie with a bunch of extra <laughs> steps, but in a way like that made it feel earned because it's like, no, oh, yeah. I killed the zombies, I made the money, I bought the rocket launcher, I deserve this. <laughs> yes, because the game afforded you like you didn't have to like 
<laughs> it's like con- <laughs> it's like convincing somebody to do something you want them to do as opposed to opening up their brain and like <laughs> stitching it together and then closing it back up and be like now do what i want you to do and they're like okay like it's one feels like you you know you you, you did it legitimately the other one definitely feels like something you shouldn't be shouldn't have done yeah um we we do need to do a quick uh plug for promo stuff because uh we got uh some new lovely followers a couple of folks reached out to us uh one person who has been, let's say, strongly requesting a certain genre of game for a while. Um, we're not going to play the exact game you asked for, but we are going to play a game in that genre real soon-like. So you'll see soon. It's like in the next... It's not the next game. It's like two or three games away. It's soonish. Ominous. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, find us on the Twitters and the Twitches, and uh, there's a little contact form on the website and Apple reviews and all that stuff, because we actually, like, care about that. Yes. Again, you know, it's 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 the thing that we wake up in the morning for. I mean, we, I know we both have families and, you know, like social lives and jobs, but nah, it's those Apple reviews. Yeah. Yeah, but those are the things that fill the space between the podcast reviews and hearing from listeners. Otherwise we would just be staring at the wall waiting for Twitter notifications. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, so uh, f- final tangent for now um, <laughs> until the next one is that there's this old like proverb where like a, a teacher takes a bunch of rocks, you know, like they have like a bunch of rocks and like a bunch of, you know, smaller rocks and then like sand. Right. So they put a bunch of rocks into a jar and um, you know, they're like, and then they put the smaller rocks, which all fill up the spaces. And then, you know, the sand, which fills up the smaller spaces. And they're like, you see, if you, you know, put the sand in first, you can't fit all the rocks in. So you have to fill in, put in the necessities and then the other necessities. And then like when he was done, he just pours a beer in there, which fills it up to the thing, you know, to the <laughs> brim. And they're like, well, what's the beer represent? And he's like that no matter how full life is, there's always room for a beer, you know? So, <laughs> I I feel like I've been missing out on that last chapter. (laughs) (laughs) So I say all that because like, I thought that you were going to say that the Apple podcast, the Apple reviews were the beer, but no, it's, it's, yeah, they're the rocks, the the rocks, (laughs) families, the beer. So there you go. (laughs) We need to, we need to get off this before something catastrophic happens. Yeah. Cause both of our families listen to this. No, but I, I feel like now that if we were to ever get like nostalgia goggles shirts, we could have, totally have like families, the beer. And then, you know, like a real fan, it's like family is the beer. <laughs> so visuals. Yeah. Visuals. Um, so this is an early PS one game or a mid PS. This is like a mid mid life cycle PS one game. Um, and that means that it is just chocker full of FMVs and, I think they actually look pretty okay, right? It's, it's, they're not, they're not amazing. Like you look at this and you're like, ah, I know what time in history this roughly is, but there are a, a small enough number of FMVs. Most of the story stuff is delivered in engine. So there's a small enough number of them that they were able to make them look pretty good. Like if you imagine how horrifying the people looked in the original toy story, it's not that mm-hmm. they look the way the toys yep. looked in the original Toy Story. Yes, yeah, I, I definitely liked the 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 look of the FMVs. I felt that they uh, that they looked really, um, they were right on the hairy edge of the one side of the Uncanny Valley, right? So they're not <laughs> like Polar Express, where Oof. it's you know. <laughs> Yeah, right. So it's definitely like there is no part of me that at any point was like, is that is that real? Like are those real people? Like they're 
clearly not real people, but they're they're getting the point across, you know, where it's like, here's here's what this, you know, is supposed to be conveying and what it's supposed to be looking like. I think it's important, too, that they did do them as CGI FMVs and not actual FMVs, like IRL FMVs, right? You know, which is what they did in Resident Evil 1. Yeah, that's no no bueno, right? Because like then then it just brings into stark contrast even more so the difference between like the how how awful the game looks by comparison, right? So so yeah, so I think that they made the right the right choice to be like it's it's the way the game looks just on steroids and then you know it comes back down, which is very similar to what uh uh Final Fantasy VII did and and all that good stuff. So uh so yeah, no, I I, I definitely liked that. Um, I felt that so this is kind of a, a a visual thing which is i felt that some of the um when you're running around uh the way the so they, this 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 game has a static camera right so that does two things one thing that it does pretty well is it um is it allows for them to build a horror aesthetic better because they know exactly how you're viewing the scene which is clearly what they're attempting to do Right. So they're basically saying, like, we're going to lock the camera in and say, this is what you can see. Right. Great. Love it. The way and I don't know whether this got better or worse or whether this is just me being a crotchety old man. But sometimes like the camera angles that they picked were such that if I went the wrong direction for like two seconds, I would cut between three different camera cuts in like under half a second to the point where it almost made me like a little motion sick a couple of times, you know, there are um, a few large rooms and there's a couple times you're in fairly large open areas that have like big fences all the way around where mm-hmm. that kind of thing can happen. And it is, it's nauseating and God help you. If you get into a combat situation when the camera keeps being like, now we're over here, now we're over here, now we're over here. Right. It's not, I, I I'm with you hundred percent. It's, it's not good, but it's at least the, it's the exception, not the rule. Most of the time they pin you into a long hallway or into a small room so that the camera, that one space doesn't have multiple cameras. Right. Where I actually ran into it the most was in like forks in like that long hallway, mm-hmm. you know, so like if I was going straight down the long hallway, I was fine. But if I, if I tweaked a little bit too much, like the game thought I was going to go down the side road but i wasn't i was just not handling the controls very well it'd be like like side view forward view side view forward view i was like whoa, 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 whoa. everybody 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 just <laughs> calm down and so i'm going to be comparing this game a lot to uh the last of us is that fair no am i going to do it anyway yes uh, because <laughs> because that's my one other like really strong experience in this kind of genre of particularly zombie horror game. And I think that if we're going to say like, does it hold up as far as, you know, what do they do in this game has borne out into like current day? It's kind of good to compare and contrast because I think that, that this game, um, normally I would say like, you know, that those static camera angles, I'm like, that's the way to go because again, it forces you into viewing a certain way. What I feel that they have done now, nowadays is, um, instead just made it so that way they, they've done a better job building the environments so that way it behooves you to only view the thing in a certain way, right? So, like, they make it so that way, you know, like, okay, you walk into the area, there's zombies everywhere, so the first thing you're going to do is you're going to hide near the, near the smallest thing, like the, the closest thing, right? That closest thing is such that you can move the camera wherever you want, but there's really only one place you can put the camera that makes any sense, you know? So it's a way to still give you the agency so you feel like you have a free-roaming camera, 
but not actually forcibly locking you in and then getting some weird camera angle cuts. I don't think the PlayStation was even capable of that. So I think that this was the right, the right choice. Um, but yeah, it was definitely something that was jarring given what they're doing in, in modern day games. Well, I would say for... I, I think that they could have technologically dialed the fidelity of the visuals down probably a lot and given you a mm-hmm. free roaming camera. The reason they didn't do that is because... Remember, you're playing with a DualShock controller, but the original controller didn't actually have analog sticks, right? So you didn't right. you didn't have a good way to to control to the, camera, the camera, right? Yeah. So like even there were, I mean, Metal Gear Solid is a, a contemporary of this, and it also doesn't have a free roam camera, even though the environments are polygon rendered, and you could technically, right? Because you can like go into the first person view and and the the world just rotates around and you see everything from Snake's point of view. And, you know, when you lay down and you crawl under stuff, the camera like shoots down. So it's, it is technologically possible. I think they made the right choice, not just for the, the controller weirdness that, that, cause I mean, there's no C stick. Like, I don't know what you would have L and R maybe like, you know, so they, they, they had to do something uh, to give you camera control if they did, but I, I'm glad they didn't because and I've, I've said this a million times, but like, I want a director's hand in the camera. Like <laughs> if I don't have full 360 degree control, like last of us style or, you know, any modern 3d game, then, then I don't want to have some control, just take right. control away from me. And especially in a horror game, because yeah. this is one of those factors that they changed from this point on. So from resident evil four, onward you had a free roaming over the shoulder like god of war devil may cry style third person camera and um i I didn't like it i didn't like it because when you give the player that kind of control it it asks the player to do things with the visual information differently and and at the risk of straying too much into mechanics like it's basically saying to the player hey we're not going to tell you what's visually important. We're going to communicate that. And then you have to judge, which means there's lots of jump scares. And I actually really like being scared. So in a game like this, when you, you know, enter a room and it's a super long shot down a hallway and there's a bunch of windows, it's like, Oh, something's coming through those windows. So I can like brace up for it. Right. And that's, that's why they chose that camera angle. That's why they drew that room that way, because they want me to know dogs are coming right (laughs) like and then it's it's scary when they come out because the situation is tense but it's not that i had no idea well i think that you're speaking to and this is definitely straying into just genre stuff but i think it's 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 good stuff to talk about which is that there is a difference between being startled and being scared right so fear is something that like you experience over time right and one of the things that's critical in a game like this is the tension and release cycle right so the idea is that like to, in in your example you know you walk down the hallway uh and you you see the thing you know oh no something's going to something's going to come at me something's going to come at me it builds tension builds tension builds tension then the thing happens and then that tension is released you know and now you build to the next thing and tension and release right being startled Right. It's just, you know, you're just kind of walking around. It's like, boo. It's like, ah, no. Okay. You know, so it doesn't like kind of build the horror quite as well, Um, which, you know, I I appreciate. Uh, I do think that that this game and we'll get into it probably a little bit later, but this game 
in my opinion, starts to, I think, because one of the big complaints about Resident Evil was it started as a horror series and then became an action series. And I think in like Resident Evil 9 or something, one of the more uh, recent ones. I think 7 is the one that's credited with like going back to actual horror roots because right. 5, 5 or 6 is the one where after the game was released, every single review was like did you send a white guy to a brown country to murder people <laughs> what were you thinking when you shipped this narrative and they had to like yes. massively backpedal and they're like no no it's just it's just where the story takes place it's just a coincidence that the only person who does any murdering oh god what were we thinking <laughs> oh god oh god like you know say say it out loud um so uh one one other thing i i i, I mean there's lots of stuff to touch on um but uh so door loading screens is one of the, it's kind of uh, kind of a thing with this series, right? It's and it's iconic. It is. It is. And I like it. I, I think because I think it's a really clever way to get around um, loading screens, right? Because that's what the game's doing. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but basically is there is absolutely no way the PlayStation would have just melted under the sheer size of like what of these of these maps right if it tried to load it all at the same time right so what it does is it loads very small areas right and then you know when it needs to load a new area as opposed to popping up a loading screen it just gives you this this door opening and that gives it a chance to load the next area right one of the ways the games do this in modern times which I didn't even know until somebody pointed out to me I'm like that is brilliant which is that if at any time in a game you're squeezing through a small hallway it's a loading screen right and i'm like that's so smart because i never knew i wondered why like that happens so much in video games these days like why am i constantly stuck under weird rubble or squeezing through narrow spaces it's like i just gotta load the next screen i'm like that's amazing so this (laughs) is the the progenitor of that and it's not um overly clunky it's not problematic in my opinion and uh, and like you said it's iconic you know so uh it became like a staple of the genre and i think a good one i think it was a good way for them to work around it the the places so so assuming you don't get lost right because enemies don't really respawn so assuming mm-hmm. you don't get brutally lost and you're not just wandering aimlessly which you can sometimes because puzzles but uh, the the doors also serve to build a lot of tension because you're like, I don't know what's going to be on the other side of this door, right? And you can't listen at the door. You can't peek through the keyhole. Like, you got to open it. You got to open it and walk into the room. And <laughs> the places that I think that gets a little silly is there's a few large spaces, uh, particularly in the back half of the game, where there's like a grand staircase in the middle of this big open room. <laughs> And the staircase functions like a loading door. So you step onto the bottom of the staircase and then everything goes black and there's just this ghostly flight of stairs Mm -hmm. and it goes footstep, footstep, footstep. And then all of a sudden you're at the top of the stairs. Yeah, that's not as good. (laughs) They do it with ladders too, where it's like the heavy, like, you know, ringing in the sewer metal noise. And it's like, no, this doesn't, this doesn't feel as cool as the doors. No, that 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 doesn't bear out. And and you know, <laughs> I just imagine somebody's like, you know, all right, we're gonna do the store thing. Oh my god, that's so good. That's so good. It's like, yeah, and we're gonna do a stairs too. Wait, what? And not just like stairs, like ladders. It's like, wait, <laughs> no, that's not the same. It's just coming somebody being like, man, I'm gonna put olives on a pizza. It's like, oh, that's so good because it adds a little bit of salty and like a little bit of like that that good texture. It's like, yeah. And I'm also gonna add olives to cream cheese. And like, I, 
I no, I don't think that that would. Get, and ice cream, and it's like, oh, wait, it's, they're all milk products. It's like, no, yes, but no. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, but I'm pretty I, happy with that, that scaling analogy. I came up with that off the top of my head. No, that was good. And the next time I want to explain to someone why I don't like olives in on pizza, most of the time, I'm going to somehow steer it toward that. <laughs> yeah because you could definitely like make a straw man argument out of that where it's just like i don't like olives on pizza it's like why it's like oh well, are we just putting olives on everything i mean you probably like olives on cream cheese or or, or milk wouldn't you it's like i didn't i didn't say that it's like no you would because you like you said that you you've gone on record saying you like olives on milk-based products have you not it's like well i mean kind of but exactly you're insane sir <laughs> That's why I'm terrified for when you retire from science and you're like, I'm just going to go be a TV news pundit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I mean, I think that, that, that though I'm not saying that won't happen, I'm just saying that the person doing that will not be me anymore. You know, like that's fair. Yeah. Um, another, another thing that was really important to me with the visuals, um, is a thing that's not in the visuals, which is the HUD. There's no HUD. There's no, there's no HUD of any kind ever. There's a map that you can, you know, get to, and there's an item screen that you can get to, and you can see your health, and you can see, like, any of the, the notes or photographs or anything that you've picked up during the course of the game. You can go and, like, reread them. Um, that's where you, like, change your weapon equip and everything, but it's all, that's a completely separate screen. Right? You don't, yep. you don't LNR through your guns or anything like that. And one of the ways that that manifests or two of the important ways that that manifests is one, uh, you never have any idea how much health you have beyond how messed up Joe looks, right? Yep. And, and it's, it's mostly in how she moves. So if you're standing still and fighting, you really do not know how messed up Jill is because when she holds a gun, she holds a gun the exact same way, whether you have one hit point or a thousand hit points. But when you run, the more hurt you get, you like hold your side and you kind of limp and like drag one of your legs behind you. And so that, that gives you some useful information. Um, and you also have no idea how many bullets you have. Like, like there's zombies bearing down on me. Like, do I have a full magazine or am I going to fire one shot and then do the longest reloading animation ever? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I definitely like that. Both of those things. I think that they serve the horror aesthetic well, especially, you know, where because you're not like card counting you're not sitting there like i have 78 bullets in this magazine and then you're just kind of counting them as they fire off so it does put you into some some odd situations uh and and yeah i I liked the idea of you know i didn't know how messed up jill was until you know like all of a sudden like she was holding her side and i was like ooh, she's not doing great she probably do something about that you know and i think that that kind of speaks to I, i i like the the fact that when you hold the gun it always looks the same because to me that kind of put me more into it as far as, um, you know, when you're in a very intense situation, right? You don't really feel your injuries as much <laughs> as then when you get out of the intense situation, you're like, oh, no, I'm dying. Like the, the, the thing that pops to mind was that one time you and I were sparring and you brought that axe kick down across my face. <laughs> and like, I didn't break stride. I just kept coming at you. And then like when we were at the water cooler later, you were like, dude, what happened to your face? I was like, you <laughs> you happened to my face <laughs> yeah i mean like I, I definitely felt it afterwards but in the moment i was just like no nah, man we're, we're we're sparring right so that to me kind of the 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 feel that i got playing jill 
related to that because when I was firing a gun, I didn't feel any of my injuries. I was just trying to survive. But then the minute I stopped firing my gun, I'm like, oh, wait, no, I'm kind of bleeding from a lot of places I should not be normally bleeding from. Well, And this is also, I think, importantly, kind of like narratively fits, which is, you know, they don't really make a huge deal about Jill's backstory through most of this game. Um, I mean, they don't hide it, but they're they're not shoving in your face like she's a special ops stars soldier, right? Like that's, you know, that's what she does, but they don't, they're not like dragging your face through it constantly. And, but if you know that about her, right, if you know like, oh, she's like special ops, she's this, you know, super badass who is heavily trained in military operations and has dealt with zombies before. Like this is not her first zombie rodeo, right? She's also the star of the first two games. I think definitely the first one, but I think also the second one, um, maybe doesn't matter anyway. Like this is a, it's believable that when she is fighting for her life, she would not be panicking and babying her injuries, not because she's not hurt, but because she knows that concentrating on the threat would make her more likely to survive. So I think they just didn't want to have like 20 different firing a pistol animations. Like that's probably also a big part of it, but it does narratively fit uh, and it does kind of thematically fit, which is, it's nice when the path of least resistance also, you're like, we're not just being lazy about this. This fits. Yep. Um, the two, um, so there's one thing that I want to mention that I have two throwaway things. So one thing that I think is kind of cool is um, stuff that you can interact with is colored more vibrantly than stuff you cannot interact with. Most of the time. Um, in, most of the time, <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, like like when I was walking through and I saw, you know, herbs, um, you know, like about, it was very clear, like, oh, that's a thing I can go pick up. It did draw the eye. The reason why I was able to do that was because of throwaway note number one, gritty textures are gritty. Um, they definitely... <laughs> shouldered into the playstations you know gritty texture theming but unlike jumping jack flash or whatever what was that jumping jumping flash jumping jack flash is a thing but it's not that thing right right so so unlike that game where you're a cartoon rabbit that is like in the grittiest sandpaper universe that ever existed it makes sense here you know i I do think that they (laughs) this was like a little bit the five-year-old who makes dessert kind of a thing where they're like all the candy you know so it's like yeah <laughs> or homer when he comes up and he's like yeah i'll just take this sprinkled donut and it's like yeah sure what you, you have clearly taken items from the candy shelf and tried to pass them off as sprinkles and mountain bar it's not the sprinkle a jolly rancher it's not the sprinkle you know like so i do feel that it was a little greedier than it probably needed to be but not so overboard that i was like this is disgusting well and, um, and again it's it fits thematically so your tolerance yes. for it fits whereas you know jumping flash you're like no why why does everything yeah. look like it's made out of glitter sandpaper? <laughs> <laughs> and the one other throwaway uh, note that I have in visuals, because this is normally where we touch on it, is uh, the hitbox for the shotgun <laughs> is bananas, man. <laughs> 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 like, I walked in, I swear to God, I fired that shotgun in front of me and a zombie behind me's head blew off. I mean, like, it's just, and it's not that bad, but it's, they they take AOE to a whole nother level, which I wasn't that skilled playing this game, so I was kind of okay with it. But yeah, there was definitely I, I think that the hitbox was is closer to 180 than it is to 90 degrees. It, it's it's pretty generous, which I I appreciate because I also I'm not like a, a Resident Evil superhero. Um <laughs> but the thing about 
the shotgun in particular is uh, you you can aim up and you can aim down. Mm -hmm. And when you aim down, it's because sometimes zombies are like crawling on the ground. And then later there's like the crawly snake things and like there's some low enemies. It's not often that you need to aim up. I almost feel like they included that because they were like, well, I mean, because she has shoulders so she can point the gun up in the air because there are there's crows that like or ravens, something there's birds. There's there's uh, macaws that like fly around and try to like peck your eyes out, but you don't shoot at them, right? It's not like the Legend of Zelda where you kill every bat in the search of delicious rupees like you just you just run away from the birds and there's only a couple times in the whole game where you are on a lower level and something is up higher than you. So the reason I say all that is like, you can't headshot, but when you point a gun straight up in the air, it still sort of acts like you're shooting straight if they're close enough to you. And with the shotgun close enough, doesn't have to be all that close. So like you want to see some zany visuals, like just spin around in a circle with the shotgun pointed <laughs> up in the air and be amazed at how many things you successfully kill that are on the ground. Absolutely. And, and just so you know, ravens differ from crows in appearance by their larger bill, bill, tail shape, flight pattern, and their large size. Ravens are as big as red-tailed hawks, which means that there were definitely ravens in this game, not crows. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, just say, I mean, obviously, you know. <laughs> I definitely wasn't Googling that while you were talking. Not, not at all. Um, no. The only other thing I have to say for visuals, I already said, but I just, I want to reemphasize like how important to me the director's hand in the camera is like there were probably half a dozen other episodes or more where I have referred to the camera in resident evil as being the way I prefer the cameras done. If you're not going to give me free control. So now that we've actually played a resident evil game, I just want to emphasize like I lived it. It is as good as I remembered. Like, I really, really wanted that. Just tell me what to look at. Like, right. either tell me what's important or misdirect me on purpose. But don't leave me constantly being like, what's over there? What's over there? Oh, God, what's behind me? Like, I just I don't I don't want to do that. And I admit part of that is because I don't really like horror. And so this allows me to brace up when I need to and not brace up when I don't need to. But I, I just there's several times across the first three games where like you go down a hallway and the camera's in one spot and then you do something, you finish a puzzle or you talk to a person or whatever. And then when you go back into that room, now the camera's at a different spot in the hallway. And that matters because these are hand drawn static JPEG backgrounds, right? These are not 3d rendered polygons, which means it was so important to them that you'd be looking this other way that they drew an entire additional representation of that room or that hallway or that outdoor space or whatever. So like, I really appreciate that. I think it makes the tense moments appropriately more tense. I think it makes the moments you don't really need to worry about. Cause like in the save rooms, like you can always see the entire space, including all four walls. So, you know, like nothing's going to sneak up on you. So it's like, I, I like it. I wish modern games would sometimes go back to this. Well, like I get that it's, it's trivial to have a free roaming camera, but like, come on, like tell me what to look at sometimes. Legit. Um, audio, audio. And actually I'm going to just railroad you, uh, in case you had something you wanted to say about audio, because I was just talking about save rooms. And one of the cool things that the save rooms do is they have like a little melody. 
because most of the game doesn't really have music, but the save rooms have save room music, right? Like a little, little kind of haunting melody. And that tells you when you hear that music that you are safe. You never, ever get attacked by anything. Nothing ever goes wrong when you can hear the save room music, which at the very end of the game, they used to screw with the player because after like eight hours of that being true, you're in a room that is a save room. And then you go back to that room later and the music doesn't play and Mm. something terrible happens. And dun, dun, dun. No, not dun, dun, dun. No music. <laughs> Weren't you listening? <laughs> what? <laughs> but I, but I, I really, I thought that that was, it, it's really a smart way to communicate to the player. Like this music means you're safe. If you hear this music, it means you're safe. And then for them to give you the visual of what had previously been a safe space, but to take away that additional cue creates this very subtle, unsettling, like, but, but wait, this, this was a save room before. And it's like, yeah, no, you could still save in here, but there's zombies because there's no anti-zombie music, which is, I guess what that is. But it's like, I I just, I thought that was like a really subtle, really clever way to just be like, this is the, cause it's not comfortable music, right? It's not a happy tune, but it's like, when you hear this little melody, you're not going to get attacked by zombies. You can put the controller down, you go to the bathroom, make yourself a sandwich. You are fine. As long as this music is playing. Yes. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a little bit upset with Jill just because she didn't recognize that this is anti-zombie music and just get onto the Raccoon City loudspeakers <laughs> and just just blare that out, you know? Um, you know, like you said, there's, there's not a whole lot of music, anything like that. Um, I found the zombie noises intolerable. <laughs> um, did, did not like. Uh, <laughs> they were they were literally the note that i have is awful and repetitive to me they were they 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 pulled me out of the game you know um in the sense of like you know it's it's supposed to be like this horror game right so it's all spooky scary and then the fact you have like zombies going like oh what what, i mean it's the same like four or five noises like every time you know um and again, you know, I know they're working with limited space and limited resources. Like I get that, but like, no, 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 they do not get a pass. The voice acting across the board is just absolute garbage. Every spoken yes. word out of every character's mouth, zombies included is garbage. The one and only spoken line of dialogue that is convincing is nemesis going stars because he actually sounds <laughs> super angry. Everything else is right. just like, is is this your second day of theater class? Like what is happening? Yes. Yeah. No, it was it, it, it was closer in line to me. The thing it re- honestly reminded me of was the Minecraft zombie, which was <laughs> the creepers. Oh, no. You mean no, no, like no, in the, the, the Underdark or whatever? Yeah. The actual zombies yeah, yeah, like yeah. Minecraft zombies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and I know about Minecraft zombies because one time I decided to build a sky palace in uh, in, in Minecraft, which not thinking because I was building like Kami's lookout. Right. And not thinking that blots out the sun on the surface world, which is how you spawn mobs and bad guys. So that means that I created inadvertently a hell on earth like Raccoon City by trying to create heaven. And that <laughs> felt weirdly balanced to me. Um but that being said, is that like that's what it was because you know like you get used to walking around and you're like that ah and you're like oh sh- oh no zombies right so it did do the thing it's supposed to do which is that when I heard that noise I knew there were zombies but it very much so was like a video game cue where it's like when I hear this noise I need to go deal with zombies not oh no it's spooky scary now you know um and yeah the voice acting is just 
it's trash. I mean, like on a scale of The Last of Us being on the high end, all the way down to uh, uh, Symphony of the Night, you know, like this is this is this one's roommates with Symphony of the Night, you know. <laughs> I mean, I would I'd say that voice acting in Symphony of the Night is better than this. Not a lot. But like I, I would put if if those are the extreme points of the scale, I would say this is lower. <laughs> it's like, dude, that's not fair. Symphony of the Night's better than this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like to be fair, the voice acting's not bad. It's the I guess like if you if you took voice acting and dialogue and threw them into a soup, you know, and like mix them together because it's like the what is a man, you know, like that. <laughs> but that I mean that's a stupid line, but it's performed really well. Whereas, <laughs> wait, don't open that door from the first game. And uh, oh god, what does Carlos say? Oh no, it's the right in the beginning. There's the guy who um, like he he's just some random like business guy, and uh, his daughter just got eaten, and him and Jill like escape into that little warehouse. And yes, he just uh, yeah. The way that dude just barks and screams at you is like I I get it. Like he's his psyche has just completely shattered. This poor man, like his family just died. Like he's completely lost his grip on reality. You find out later if you go back to that spot that like he had like a hand in some of this. So like he feels personally responsible, and it's like yeah, wow, that's that's incredible. Who are we gonna get to do the voice? Oh, I don't know, just um that 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 guy over there. Does he work here? I don't know. I just give him 20 bucks. And it's like, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not a professional voice actor, but that's also why I haven't been paid to be a professional voice actor in anything. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> I think it's reasonable to say they, of all the things in the game, like voice acting. And this is true for the first three entire games, right? They didn't get even decent voice acting until four and beyond. Like it's just bad. It's bad. It's so bad. It's really ridiculously experienced questioning bad. <laughs> Well, and and this is a good time as any. So I know how much you have uh, left for audio. But this is a good time for any for me to shoe in my new segment called Ludo Narrative Dissonance. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, this this one's got, not, something else for. Is that going to be linked in the the chapter art? No, I do have uh, one other important thing. Okay. Um, yep. Go about it. the audio because this is actually related to uh, uh, the music with the save room. Right? Is there are two other ways that they use music to communicate useful information when you are just walking around, there is a kind of soundtrack, right? It's not a song. It's like trash cans falling over people screaming in the distance, right? It's, it's, it's the, you know, if you, if you bought this CD on the home shopping network, it would be like, you know, sounds of a destroyed city, right? (laughs) (laughs) Music of the apocalypse. And it's just, in fact, I take it back. That's actually, that's a Simpsons reference. I didn't even mean to, where they, oh, yeah? they sell, it's one of the Halloween horror nights or yeah, the treehouse horror episodes where, uh, they sell an album of like zombies. Uh, I will find this and, and share it with you after the, after the recording. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just, it's, it's noise, right? It's not music, yeah. but it's, it's played on the music layer of the audio. So other sounds can be going on because that's not save room music. It's walking around the city music and it's annoying because they chose to include banging and like an orchestra hit like that done, like occasionally spread out by like many, many seconds of near silence. And Mm. so you never get total peace and quiet. If you have gone everywhere in the map, if you have killed every single zombie and you're just standing in the middle of the street, you can still hear 
zombies way off in the distance that will never come. And I, I get, I absolutely understand that that is an intentional choice and that is how they want me to feel. But if you screw up some of the puzzles like I did and you're wandering around aimlessly for a little while like I was, eventually you're like, I know there's no zombies here. Stop making me think there's zombies here. <laughs> so like that, right. that created like a little bit of a player frustration. It's not really the game's fault. It's my inability to have more quickly solved the puzzles. Um, Nemesis also gets special music. And so when he is chasing you, there's music playing as long as he's chasing you. And what I think is hilarious is just like Jill does not use the anti-zombie music from the save rooms. Uh, Nemesis apparently literally has like a boombox playing his threatening music. Cause when you are in the same room as him, the music is at full volume. When you're one room away, it's ducked. When you're two rooms away, it's really ducked. And then once he stops chasing you, it goes away entirely. And I just, I think it's really considerate of him to play like his chariots of fire. Like here I come. It's, it's stereo. <laughs> it's, it's stereo contos. Yeah. It's a stereo, stereo contos, stereo. You know, like. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> considerate kind of, like, of him to like you. give you a heads yeah. up. Like, hey, I'm coming. <laughs> Yep. Well, because he wants you to know. Like, he doesn't want it to be a surprise. Like, he wants you to know. Yeah. I don't have to coming. sneak up on you like those poor voice acting zombies. <laughs> exactly. Um, Ludo narrative, Ludo narrative dissonance time? Yeah, which I guess... Uh, I guess for, for consistency's sake, uh, here is where I'll put the chapter marker for um, controls and mechanics, because this can't possibly be audio, can it? No. No. <laughs> All right. You, you you get your your bonus segment, sir. Woo! Okay, so uh for those um who, you know, don't know, ludonarrative dissonance is something in video games where basically it's the difference between the way the game plays and the way the narrative what the narrative is saying is going on. So the idea that, you know, uh one of the ones that's called out for it all the time is uh that the the other naughty dog game, I forget what it's it's not Far Cry. Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, that's it. Um, so that's one of the issues with Crash Bandicoot. No, but it's basically it's the, the idea is that if you're the hero of the adventure, right? And so you're going around trying to oh, hero you think yourself. Un- uncharted. You got yeah. it. Yep. Um, so if you're, you know, Nathan Drake and you're kind of going around trying to be this like roguelike hero and you're murdering hundreds of people in the process, you're not the hero. You're a serial killer. <laughs> you know, I mean, like... It, and the thing is, he's not a soldier, you know, and even then it's like, okay, I'm a soldier, but I am apparently the biggest soldier that ever soldiered because I am all the army needs. I mean, like another example would kind of be like Dynasty Warriors, but even in that where you're taking out like thousands of soldiers for your one guy, like that's supposed to be kind of the point, you know, is it's like you're the hero of the adventure. But even then, yeah, so, so that's, that's ludonarrative distance, right? There were a lot of things in this game where I felt that the narrative was telling me one thing. And then uh, another thing like was kind of going on. So the first example I had of it where I was like, ooh, I think this is going to be a thing is that so this is a puzzle game, right? But it's taking place in kind of a post uh, like in, in, in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, right? So and the puzzles aren't how to get through the zombies, right? So in The Last of Us, the puzzles are the zombies, right? There's a room filled with zombies and you got to get from point A to point B. And it is a puzzle, right? In this one, literally in the first few minutes, like you, you walk out, right? You, you hop over the dumpster, which great gating mechanic, you know, to make sure that you know how to hop over stuff. Cool, love it. And then all of a sudden, all the zombies coming at you and you go through the door and then you just kind of hang out. Like it's, it, it's 
all of the tension drops away, right? You know, as you're just kind of like, oh, I, I, I guess the zombies are no longer outside. And the reason why I know they're no longer outside is because I believe there are windows on that wall, you know? Like, so it's like, why, why all of a sudden do I now have all of the time in the world to calmly explore this space, you know, when there are theoretically zombies like plowing through the walls? Um, you're able, <laughs> you're, you're able to open your um, crafting menu in the middle of battle, you know, so like zombies can be like pouring at you. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got to make bullets yeah, to I, shoot you with. I got to mix some herbs. If you could just yeah. be cool. So yeah, I like, I'm can about to chill. Die. Yeah. <laughs> I can light to this bad boy. Yeah. So, I mean, and again, so it's just kind of weird to be like, oh no, everything's coming in on me. Wait, 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 wait. It's like uh, having the, um, the save by the bell timeout. You know? <laughs> what, did he say timeout? Was that it? Or was it yeah, freeze? Yeah. I think it was timeout. I think it was timeout. Yeah. Where you'd be like, and, and literally, because I've watched way too much, not of the show, of <laughs> critiques of the show, where people have said, like, no, he's kind of a god because he can time people out and then interact with them and then time them back in. So it's not that bad, but it's still, it's, it's a little, you know, again, it pulls you out of the narrative. Whereas, again, unfair to compare it to with The Last of Us, but in The Last of Us, if you want to craft stuff, there's no pause menu to deal with that. Like, you're dealing with that. You're desperately trying to like craft a gun. It's like people are slowly walking up to you, trying to kill you, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, I, I think not nearly to the last of us complexity, but they could have chosen to make you do some of that stuff in real time in combat with the controls available to you on the original PS one controller. I think they, they massively overcorrected in saying like, you know what? If you're in a situation where you're not comfortable, if you're dying, we're not going to make you heal in combat. You heal in this pause menu where you can take all the time you need. If you've got the stupid little ammo maker, which is one of the worst features in any video game ever, and I hate it, then you can, hey man, craft some bullets. It's okay. Don't worry. We're not going to let you run out of bullets. You got gunpowder. It's fine. Right? Like there's, it, it feels intentional that they gave you the ability to just pause and set the controller down and just be like, oh, oh man, I just, I'm just, I'm so scared. It's so intense, but, but it sucks too much of the tension out because it gives you a Zach like godlike power to pause time, yeah. but then still do things. Right. And so part of the reason why I think they put that in is because of the save mechanic, right? Which is they they give you basically limited saves, right? You know, and I get that as being like a tension builder because the idea is that you can't just save scum, you know, because if you're constantly save scumming, then that's a problem, right? But then that does mean that they have to ratchet back the difficulty, right? So like you have to be able to be like, ah, no, no, wait, 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 let me, let me craft some herbs as opposed to, oh no, I made a mistake and now it's punted me back to like the last time I used a save ribbon, you know, which is, again, so you can't make the game have those like weird difficulty spikes if you have wildly increased your cycle time, which they did. Um, two other things is that so um, the zombies, the way okay, the the way the zombies themselves kind of worked, I I didn't care for in the sense that I didn't find the zombies wildly threatening. I found them more as a nuisance, you know. And so that's if that's the main thing that's like driving the horror of the game right like is it like oh no zombies are coming to get you is it like every time i saw a zombie i'm like oh this is just blunted my forward momentum slightly whereas if you compare that to say clickers in the last of us right it doesn't matter how much health you have when you see a clicker you're going to take that seriously because 
it will one shot you if you let it get too close to you, you know? So like they're, they're serious. Whereas the other things, if they get too close to you, it's going to be a problem, but it's going to be a big problem. So you've really got to like, think about what you're doing. I suppose these zombies, while they're making their <laughs> terrible, like <laughs> sound, like as they're slowly <laughs> coming towards you, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, blam, 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 blam. All right. Now go back, craft some more ammo. Okay. Moving on. So right. Did, did you Whereas on, if all of a sudden, did you play on easy or hard? I definitely played on easy. Okay. Well, I ask because on, hard you have not only less ammo total but you also have a smaller inventory so Mm -hmm. i i think this is someplace where because i also played on easy no question but there's (laughs) i think this is somewhere that they again kind of overcompensated because they're like oh well some people are going to want to play this and they're not that good at the game and it's like yeah but on easy you never run out of anything ever you never right. choose to run through a room and leave the zombies alive because you're afraid you run out of ammo. You kill every single zombie you see. You never use the knife because you're trying to save bullets. You shoot every single zombie you see in the face until it stops zombieing at you. So like right. that that ratchets down the tension like too much. Too too like the bosses are still a major threat. You can still absolutely die. And in the end game, there's some regular enemies that will absolutely murder you in like one or two shots. But the regular zombies, ostensibly the main threat in the universe are not right. And, ex- and so when you see, you know, the, the horror on Jill's face as she's, you know, like kind of like running, ducking, weaving in the cutscenes, And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm like, why it's, it's, it's very much. So the, the ludo narrative dissonance of Eris dying to sephiroth and you're like i've got phoenix now like <laughs> is this an issue like I, I i have the ability i've got the dragon balls here like they're, they're ready to go um so uh yeah so that and so basically like all of that kind of comes together um into the fact of like if the main thing that is supposed to be horror horror inducing scary right is is not i am more than well enough equipped to deal with it right and even on you know, uh, even on hard mode, like even though you may run out of ammo and stuff like that, it's more of a, you know, how do I duck weave in, in, in a way that I can get around this? To me, I feel like this is, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but like where they started to kind of inch more towards action because the zombies are representative of an action game where there's just a whole bunch of targets for you to shoot down, you know? Um, which is, is it would be fine as an action game. So I feel like the, in some ways the 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 game is like it's the cutscenes are about being a horror game, but then the gameplay is closer to puzzle action game, you know, and that that kind of causes some some chafing between those two things. So yeah, and that's, I, that's, and I think you yeah. can see that the people working on the game, assuming it was some of the same people over the many many years the franchise has been running, but they were feeling this out at this time right they were like well what mm-hmm. what makes a good horror game what makes a good action game and and where do we want to thread that needle and they started to go more and more and more towards action game that happened to take place in the zombie apocalypse and then they made their massive course correction right where they were like right. no 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 actually we do want this to be a horror game that's what this universe is supposed to be and they I've 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 seen just clips from the most recent couple of games and I'm I know they're not for me. I'm just like, no. <laughs> like if this is what they felt comfortable putting in the trailer, there is no way this game is for me. Whereas Resident Evil 3, like I was startled. There were a bunch of times where I was like, ah, and then I, you know, fired a bunch of shots and then everything was fine. But there's very few times that I would say I was ever scared 
scared, right? And and I'm again, as the player, I'm super fine with that. But like their audience, I think, was like, oh hey, um, I'm kind of like a giant bicep superhero who can't be stopped. Um, I don't really feel that threatened. And then, you know, they kind of yeah. kind of brought it back. But that, that I'm not really I'm I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. You know, it this isn't this isn't alien, this is predator. Yeah. And the one the one final thing I'll say about it is that to me this kind of and again it was it was indicative of the time in history you know i mean we're going 3d we're doing all this different sort of stuff that it was experimental and we have way better idea of how to make video games now than we did back in the day that somebody should make a podcast about it um <laughs> but to me this was this looks like the ocarina of time of this series right where in the sense of like you know before it was like horror and then they said like oh well, let's add this other stuff in and you're like okay you're 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 kind of starting to become more of an action game you're starting to lose what you were right and then they're like oh well let's do more of that and more of that and more of that until eventually you know you've got skyward sword right which is kind of like it's it's just an action game now in the same way that you know like zelda used to be about exploration and now it's about like being locked into this like like paint by colors narrative right it's like and then all of a sudden they said like okay resident evil 7 was like their um oh what was the new one again the most recent Resident Evil? No, the most recent Zelda game. Oh, uh, Switch. uh, Breath of the Wild. Wild. Yeah, so so then like Resident Evil 7 was like Breath of the Wild, where they're like, nope, bring it back, you know? So I I feel like it's weird to say that Resident Evil is a lot like The Legend of Zelda, (laughs) you know? But but I feel that the the series have gone through similar kind of stints, and this to me feels a lot like Ocarina, where it's it's still very fun, and it still does have a lot of the horror aesthetic. In the same way in, in Ocarina, there's still tons of stuff to explore and still tons of stuff to do. But they kind of started to lock you into this thing, and, and then you can kind of see like, oh, no, 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 this is where they got a lot of the ideas that they decided to hone in on that eventually became antithetical to the series. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% in agreement with you. Uh, we do need to talk about the swan song that this game has, which is tank controls. This is the last game that has tank controls. It's terrible, dude. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. So, so much. Okay. So uh, I may or may not remember to link this particular Twitch clip in the, the show notes, but um, if you go and find me on Twitch, there is a clip of me having this revelation live on camera and being super sad about it. which is um, modern games do not have controls like this. Right. And they're called tank controls because it's how you drive a tank. Right. Like, Oh, I thought it was because it's how you tank a game. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Thank you. (laughs) It's how you tank a franchise. Uh, (laughs) So, so I'm there's, there's one of those forks that you were talking about, right? Where it was like a flux capacitor Y shape, you know, where it Mm -hmm. goes and it splits in two directions at like 45 degree angle. And, uh, nemesis attacks you at this, like when the 20th time you go through this intersection, nemesis shows up and, uh, somebody who was watching on stream was like, wait, so how, how are you like negotiating this interaction? Because like, I eventually like beat him down, but the camera kept freaking out because we were near the center of the fork, right? Exactly what you were describing. And it was nauseating exactly like what you were describing. <laughs> and so I, I beat nemesis down. And then I'm like reading through the chat and they're like, how, how does, how does walking even work in this mess? And I was like, oh, well, you know, like it up is like forward and then, you know, left and right turns you and back makes you back up. And, and they were like, well, but the camera goes 180 degrees 
when you go from, you know, the extreme end of this fork to the other end of this fork. So like, are you sliding your hand down to the other button? And I was like, no, because like up is always Jill's forward and then left and right. So it doesn't matter which way the, that's why the controls are like this. That's why the (laughs) controls are like this. It's because then it doesn't matter where the camera is. I'm always using up to be Jill's forward and left is always Jill's left. And it doesn't matter what the camera is doing. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Because I mean, I went into this with fond memories of 10 controls, right? Like, Oh God, I keep no analog sticks. This is going to be such chore. And you know, everybody who knows anything about the series, like from this time in history knows 10 controls and how it's this like big, you know, jerk off screw you to how old video games were made. And it just, the, the crushing wave of like, they did this on purpose for a good reason. Which is like, no, I don't want to face reality. <laughs> like, I don't like this. Yeah. And I'm not saying yeah. that it's fun. I'm not saying that it's like, it makes navigating like a joy, but they did do it on purpose and for a good reason. And so you, you're still absolutely free to hate it. Lord knows I don't love it, but I, I was like forced to accept like, this was not a bad decision. They made this decision for a good reason. And I just have to now live with that. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when all of a sudden I walk into the room and Teddy has shoved Lizzie off of a chair and she's now (laughs) on the ground crying. I'm like, why would you ever do that? And like, he like points to the counter and there's like scissors on the counter that she was about to get to. And I'm like, (laughs) damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Still, like, I don't like this, <laughs> but you did do it for a good reason. <laughs> yeah. Tank controls are the toddler about to grab scissors of, of video game yeah. controls. Of video games, yeah. Where it's just a, the, the five year old intervention to toddler going to grab scissors. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> So all that being said, um, I, I did, did that touched on my note of movements on intuitive. Um, <laughs> you w- walk in this game unbearably slowly, like just walking is, is I mean, and that's, that's in and of itself fine, but this is where I, I got to ask you, cause I couldn't find an instance of this, but maybe I'm just, a, a unobservant, you know, troglodyte. Um, there's no noise mechanic in this, by which I say that there's no like sneaking. You you mean like if you're you running, it alerts zombies, that kind of thing, because it's like heavier footfalls. Correct. Um, yeah, yeah. I do not think so, because... Yeah, I mean, all, I couldn't... All of the... Like, the zombies pop out at you regardless of whether you're running, walking, yeah, climbing but, trees, you know? Well, and all, <laughs> all, all of the... <laughs> all of the combat encounters are specifically designed, right? It's never that you're trying to sneak past zombies. You can run past them, but you're never really trying to sneak past them. And I'm pretty sure it's established in universe that these zombies like seek out living flesh, right? The the way like in a lot of, yeah, the the way, the way like in a lot of horror (laughs) movies, it's like, you know, oh, they can, they can smell like, you know, a, a, a warm, warm blooded, like living person. And that's why zombies don't eat other zombies because they can tell the difference between a dead person and a live person. So it's right. I don't I don't know how much detail they go into or like where the boundaries are on that. But it, it's established in universe that like even if you were just quietly sneaking past, like they would have 
zombie ways of detecting you, right? So I don't I don't think this game includes a noise mechanic probably for like lots of reasons, but it, it's even established in universe that, that that's not how these zombies find people. Which is entirely legitimate. Yeah. Again, that is pushing it further towards an action franchise. Totally. But that being said, is that if there is no noise mechanic, why do you walk so unbearably slowly? Right? You know, I mean, like, just, just crank up. I mean, like, because again, I could see wanting to make a difference between walking and running because in a puzzle game, if you're trying to interact with the environment in a nuanced way and you, like, push right or push forward, like, ever so slightly and you jump like five feet forward because that's just how fast you run. Like I could see that being frustrating. Um, but like you walk like bananas slowly. I'm like, you're never sneaking around. There's no reason for you to be able to walk this slowly. So like, you know, bring, bring my walk animation, like up 50%, you know, so I'm just walking a little bit faster because basically I never walked in this game at all. I was always running. And so if I'm always running, why is that, something that requires an additional button interaction yeah. or, or you know? do the opposite run by default with a walk button. Yeah, exactly. Which is what the last of us basically does where it's just, you know, you naturally move quickly and then you can, and they actually do both where there's a run button and a move way the hell more slowly button. They sneak, you know, like when you're sneaking around, like when you're crouched, you know, and then there's a move even slower when you're <laughs> doing the, the military walk. Right. So there's, but, but on a scale of one to four, you're naturally a three, right? Right. So, so yeah, I just like, like I said, like I, when, when I was like, oh my God, you walk so slowly, maybe you got to sneak around. Nope. Okay. Then I don't know why you're walking so slowly. Yeah. Which, which is like, this is, I, I know ideally, like when we, we replay a game, it's like when we both played, but I do get some enjoyment out of the games one of us have played or has like more detailed memories of, because I knew there was no sneaking. So like that. I, I I never walked anywhere ever. I'm just always holding the run button because I know I'm not sneaking anywhere. So like right. I was aware of it, but it had, it had become like a, a low level, like just hold the run button, right? Like my brain had filed that away as don't even consider walking. Whereas your it's, brain was like, I walk by default. Do I need to walk? And the answer is no. <laughs> nope. Um, it's a, uh, it's the Mega Man charge equivalent, right? Like why? <laughs> Why wouldn't you be charging? Like you're always have that button down, you oh, know, always so, be charging, always be charging, always be running. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned the uh, puzzles uh, and we also talked a little bit about the inventory and which one of those things annoyed you more? Cause I want to make sure I'd love to get to both, but I want to make sure we do justice to whichever one was worse. <laughs> um, I didn't like the puzzles more i felt that the inventory just to touch on it, like the inventory was like fine uh, having a small inventory i'm like okay i get it you can only carry so much stuff and crafting it's fine you know um but yeah the the puzzles i again i feel it, that that we should speak on because it's more having a puzzle game in a horror and again, where the zombies aren't the puzzle is weird. Like it's very disjointed. So I'd like to talk about it. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So I'm with you. Um, I think the, the inventory is more of just a gigantic chore. Like it's just a huge clicky, yeah. clicky chore. Um, the problem with the puzzles uh, and, and sidebar to this, uh, you know, how are we going to finish the episode discussion? Um, I actually knew what ludonarrative dissonance was. 
And I was just waiting. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to set up the like, oh, do you want to explain to the audience? Because I could have said yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, though, is I knew you knew at that time. So I was like, no, no, he already knows this. So yeah, it was a total gonna... it was a total Skinner box. I was like, yeah, I've got it this time. <laughs> and, like the light didn't turn on. Because you see, that's the thing, Lions, is that this is the horror game. That's the big reveal, right? Is it is it you were like play Resident Evil 3? I'm like, okay, but now I've got to set up a huge horror experience for Lions. So for the last like four or five episodes, I've been building this thing into the episode. So I slowly train you to do this one thing. And now bam, that's the big reveal. It's the the Twilight Zone with the glasses in the library. Like, no, I knew this time. I mean, I always know. I always know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I, I, mean, I, I was know you prepared to speak to it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so for me, the puzzles are the, the big dissonance moment, right? Cause I'm, I'm the, the action hero stuff and the terrible voice acting, like those do also suck you out of the horror aesthetic a lot. Um, but to me, the, the experience ruiner by which I mean the horror experience, right? Not that it ruins the game, but like the, the right. thing that ruins the horror experience is the puzzles for a lot of reasons. For one thing, they make no goddamn sense. Like, no sense. They don't even attempt to make them make sense. It's like they designed a puzzle and then they slap a coat of paint on it to make it fit into the world. And no one ever stops to ask if this makes any kind of like logical sense. Like why would this statue exist where you take the book off the statue and then you put it into the town square against this fountain and then you take away the, I think it's a compass, and then you put the compass, these are all giant stone tablets, by the way, that are huge, and then you take the- fit nicely into your inventory. Yeah, that fits easily into your tube top and pencil skirt. <laughs> so, you, to be fair, she was at the movies when the zombie outbreak happened. She wasn't at work. Um, so, I'm just, I'm, I'm just picturing Francine doing her uh, shoplifting carry, you know, so she's just like- <laughs> like carrying these cubes around yeah, basically anyway. So, so yeah. you, you take the, the stone thing and you put it and it makes the statue turn around so that you can get the battery out of the back of the statue. Why does the statue have a battery? Why is the statue programmed to interact with this other public art installation on the other side of town? Why couldn't you just walk around to the back of the statue? It's not up against a wall. It's actually notably in the middle of an open space where you have to deal with a combat encounter. Like, you there's a gate you unlock by putting gems into a clock face and it's in front of the police station. Why does the gate to the police station lock via gem clock? Like it, it's just, it's, yeah. it, it's just on and on and on and on. There's like, sometimes you got to find a key. Sometimes you need to figure out a password to interact with a computer in the back half of the game. There's a lot of like, I don't know what the name for this kind of puzzle is, but it's like, uh, it's like, there's six knobs and you got to turn the knobs in the right order. Like, so you turn one, mm -hmm. then three, then four, then two. Right. So it's, it's like, there's a lot of yep. that kind of puzzle in the back half of the game. And those are at least like, you're supposed to be operating machinery and you just, that's, so that's whatever. Um, but gem, gems and clock faces and statues and what, 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 like what? Yeah. No, you, you, you guys would eat my lunch if I ever put any of that into a D and D adventure. Oh, be you know, furious. like imagine? absolutely furious. Yeah. yeah, like if I if I said like, okay, you guys need to like figure out how to open this door, and I can just I can hear it now. It's like, okay, well, okay, you know, like I I try to pick the lock, I try to do this. It's like, no, 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 that works. And then like you guys spend hours <laughs> looking into it, and it's just like, no, you see, remember those gems you picked up in like the second town over? That's what operates it. You 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 would just probably stare at me and be like, George, come on, man, like. <laughs> 
you got to drink less. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a problem. This is a real problem. Yeah, it, it, it's just the whole. I mean, like it, if any of them fit into the world, right? Like if you were because in the first game, you're in this mansion in the middle of like nowhere and right. you're the, the person who owned it is insane and they're working with the umbrella corporation and they're insane. And so things are like hidden behind false bookcases. And it's like, Oh, there's a key hidden in this statue because they don't want people to find the key because on the other side of it is a war crime. So like it's, it's insane, <laughs> but it, it kind of makes sense. And then it, I mean, barely, but like you suspend your disbelief. And then it, it felt like, I think honestly, your, your legend of Zelda comparison is really apt because someone seized <laughs> onto resident evil games have puzzles and then they just it's in service to the brand yeah it was in just oh gotta have gotta have resident evil puzzles the and and they just kept putting it, them in why well i mean like it's it's the um the uh seminal example of this and i say seminal because i think this is now the paramount example of this <laughs> um but uh is is um bioshock right so in bioshock one you know you're in a post-apocalyptic underwater city right so what do you do you loot through garbage cans and you're you know kind of like scavenging right because it's it's the end of the world has happened right and then in bioshock infinite you're in a fully functioning society and you're still rooting around in garbage like that's weird now because there's like people around (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like if if all of a sudden, you know, it was a post-apocalyptic world and, you know, I was like, you know, in a shelled out house and like somebody went to the garbage and started like rummaging through it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe they're going to attack me. Right. If I'm sitting on my couch, right, playing Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, right, and some guy walked up and started rooting around in my garbage, I would call the police because that's a thing I can do because the police still exist, you know, so. So again, like if you if you have some eccentric weirdo and some eccentric mansion and it's just kind of like, yeah, no, that that makes sense because he's one guy and one person. I I do firmly believe that every human is as is exactly as crazy as they can afford to be. (laughs) And people who live in mansions can afford to be really crazy. Right. So he's just he's got a bunch of money and he's super paranoid and weird so he built a bunch of weird puzzles because that's what he wanted to do with his money it's like i I can get that right but then a city planner who said no 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 you see here's the because i had to be got pushed through committee right i mean there's no way there's just no way you know so yeah it's it definitely pulls you out out of the idea of this this narrative that they're trying to build that you know you're like what what city and and for me personally it just it gets to the point where you're like, no, Raccoon City deserves this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no wonder this, the Umbrella Corporation exists. Look at how crazy average citizens are. Yeah, where you're just kind of like, this is the <laughs> this is the only logical conclusion to the story of this city, you know? We're like, after the mayor apparently hired the <laughs> this banana city planner and the police decided like no 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 we've got too many problems with jim losing the dumb keys to the station (laughs) so we're going to use gems in a in a clock now you know like all of these bad decisions i mean of course somebody eventually made the last bad decision because that's all that this is is it's just the last bad decision and it happened to be zombie apocalypse it could have very easily been sewage backup (laughs) and cholera outbreak like something was going to 
to biblically end this city, right? I mean, like in an awesome way. And I do mean that in the biblical way, which is to say terrifying. I, I like that that next on the possible list of things that destroyed Raccoon City was a cholera outbreak from a sewage <laughs> uh, system breakdown because the actual name of the Resident Evil franchise in Japan, because this is a very Japanese series, despite all of the Americanness, is Biohazard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's got to be something. I mean, like, <laughs> so so being an environmental chemist, right? This is a slight aside. Is that you know, not a lot of people do this thing, and I, I happen to be an expert in this very very small area, right? But like, literally. We used to get phone calls where people would be like, hey, I want to test my well water. And I'd say, oh, okay, that's that's fine. What do you want to test it for? I, I want to see if it's safe to drink. And then my answer was always, well, there's lots of stuff that'll kill you. Which particular thing are you looking for, you know? <laughs> and it's like, well, I just need to make sure it's safe to drink. I'm like, let me, let me break this down for you, man. Are you looking for like bacteria? Because that's something we can look for. Are you looking for like arsenic? Because that's something that we can look for. Are you looking for cyanide? Because that's something we can look for. All of these things will kill you in a very different way, you know, but like it, it makes sense that it would be something infrastructure biology related, because that's kind of the stuff that's hardest to get under control because life uh, finds a way. <laughs> uh, the, the one other thing um, I want to say about the puzzles is a lot of my frustration with this comes from the middle of the roadiness that they went with, uh, which is, I, I mentioned like, oh, well, in the back half of the game, there's like knobs and levers and stuff. And that's like to work this complicated machinery. And uh, to get between like the first area and the second area of the game, you have to like repair the train car. So you have to like find a fuse and you have to find a cable because like the machinery's broken, right? And it's like, it's a gating mechanic puzzle that makes you go and like scavenge the world and have to deal with zombies that you may have avoided the first time, right? So like, I, I get why all these little stupid puzzle things exist. The fact that the writers, like one team of writers or one writer on the staff was like, okay, so uh, this this train car will be broken and you'll fix the train car and that's how you can get there. And and this uh, this machine, uh, like steam will be coming out of the pipes and you need to get down that hallway. So you got to like do the levers in the right order to get the steam to turn off so you can go down the hallway. And then one of the other writers was just like clocks and rubies <laughs> and ruby clocks. <laughs> it's just, it's like, Okay, guys, uh, here's what I need you to do. Either fire one of them or fire one of them. Like, like <laughs> make all of the puzzles insane so that I just, I start to go insane by having to think in the way that this insane world thinks or make none of the puzzles insane so then I can focus on like the zombies and the evil, you know, multi-billion dollar corporation. But sometimes being like, oh, this, uh, this broken down piece of machinery probably needs a battery or it may need this bejeweled golden sparrow statue <laughs> to be placed at just the right angle on top of this plinth. <laughs> like, yep. those, I can't work both parts of those, th those two parts of my brain at the same time. So I have a counter theory for you is that there. So let's just say that there was enough puzzles for two writers to write, right? You know, so you got you. So, so, so your theory: two two writers, one's insane and the other one sane, yeah. right? Well, um, let, let's say so uh, I, one has a more liberal imagination and the other one is far sure. more grounded in reality. <laughs> yes. So, so count, counter theory is that that many hours of work needed to be done, but they had 
one writer. <laughs> so <laughs> at the beginning, right, when he's first getting started, he's just kind of like, okay, these are the puzzles. This makes sense. You know, like you turn the levers and then like <laughs> at the end of development, like they open the door to his office, the lights are off. He's like hunched over his thing. And he's just like, paper no papyrus everywhere now because he switched to papyrus because you know that's how they get you and you know <laughs> and he's just kind of like no you see there's there's a clock and jewels and 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 this is this is it this is the next puzzle and they're like i don't ship it i mean jim's jim's in charge of the puzzles you know yeah. that <laughs> yeah jim maybe uh maybe take monday off <laughs> it's like you look a little conspiracy no, theorist no the sparrow won't let me <laughs> Uh, but yeah, do you have anything else? Uh, the only other thing I wanted to say is I, I kind of mentioned this in when I shared my nostalgia experience, but I just like the inclusion of the mercenaries as the new game plus mechanic. Um, if, I guess I guess that's what you'd call it, right? It's like because you have to beat the entire game on easy or hard. Then you can play the mercenaries, which is on the same map, but with different enemy placements. There's this timer mechanic. It's very video gamey, right? Because it's like. Mm -hmm. You, you have a time uh, countdown. When the countdown goes off, there's a bomb in your neck and it explodes because your boss is a jerk. I'm not making this up. Like, your boss decides that you don't know how to really survive anymore. So he puts a bomb in your neck and the way to get the bomb out is like on the other side of the map. So you got to deal with all these enemies. I'm, t I'm totally serious. I'm completely serious. <laughs> so... So it's, it's really dumb. This is, this is the guy who made the puzzles. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's him. It's, he just inserted himself wholesale. Into the game. You're totally right. Um, but I, I like, I like that. They just, again, this actually is a perfect segue. Cause like they just lean into the insanity and the nonsense. Right. And your reward for indulging in this insanity and nonsense is more insanity and nonsense. It's like replay the game, but you start with a grenade launcher, replay the game, but you start with the Magnum replay the game, but you start with a rocket launcher, replay the game, but you start with the rocket launcher and it has infinite ammo. Like you can just really strip all of the horror out of the game and just make it completely ridiculous. And I, I, I'm really blown away by how well that Zelda parallel <laughs> keeps lining up because <laughs> you can tell by their inclusion of that stuff is they were already starting to think more actiony because they were like, what if we made it sillier? What if we made it sillier? What if we made it sillier? And, and they leaned into that really, really hard. And then they started to resort to jump scares because it was still supposed to be a horror game. So you're an action superhero, but also jump scares, right? right? And that's where it started to go off. I, I think this exists at that little magical nexus of like, yeah, if you play it on hard and you, you don't do all the crazy new game plus stuff, like it is still kind of hard. It is still kind of scary. And especially if you don't know where all the jump scares and stuff are. Um, but then if you play it on easy and you unlock all of the crazy stuff, then it's a total screw job. Like it's, it's your wily coyote out there chasing the road runner. <laughs> like it's nonsense. So with all that being said, does it hold up? I, I struggled with this one a little more than I expected. Um, I ended up giving it a nostalgia monocle and a pretty confident nostalgia monocle because I would have a really hard time telling someone to suffer the nonsense here without like a bunch of asterisks and caveats, right? Like when, when right. we first sat down to play this, I, I think I recall saying like, don't feel that bad if you look up like a game facts on how to solve a puzzle. Cause some of the puzzles are completely nonsensical, right? Most of them 
you can kind of like, oh, okay, so this is an electrical thing, so I need an electrical thing. But like some of them are just stupid. They're just dumb. And so like it's dumb. It's hard to say like, well, deal with the terrible controls, deal with the terrible voice acting, uh, deal with the ridiculous puzzles. It, it's 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 a little tough to make that sell, but the visuals are surprisingly rock solid. Uh, the gameplay, despite the weird tank controls, is actually pretty fun, right? Puzzles notwithstanding, but like the exploring the world and surviving the world is actually pretty satisfying. And the game's not so long that you're like, oh my god, it's still happening. So, like <laughs> overall, I like I could recommend this to someone, but I would I would probably recommend it to someone who had played games of this era, who's like they're familiar with kind of what the PlayStation was like. Right. Even if they never played this game. But if somebody grew up with like the PS3 as like their first real console, it'd be really hard to tell them to go back and play this. The The one sad uh, footnote to this is apparently the reboot or the remake kind of sucks. Ah, boo. So the Resident Evil one remake is apparently really good. And the Resident Evil two mm-hmm. remake is apparently really, really good. And then this one, I guess they just dropped the ball and, and they made some weird design choices that were not popular. So if you want to play Resident Evil three, probably play this one not the remake but just know kind of what you're getting into uh yeah for me uh also nostalgia monocle um the main reason why is and it's difficult having like a a a three-tiered system with the vast vast spectrum of games you know because like I, I at first I was frustrated. I was like, ah, oh, nostalgic goggles. And then I kind of thought about some of the games that this game would then be sharing company with. <laughs> I can't do that to like, this poor game. Yeah, I was just kind of like, no, no, that's not that's not fair. Let's let's you know, nostalgia monocle because the game is playable, right? So I mean, just start right there because we have played some games that are so broken that they're basically unplayable. You know, um, so the game's completely playable. It's just this game. Because it straddles that weird that weird line, uh, there's a bunch of games that do everything this game tries to do better. You know, so like it's like, do you do you want to play a zombie action game? Probably play later iterations of the Resident Evil series, or um, play Borderlands Three. You know, Borderlands Two, right? You know, I mean, actually, I think Borderlands, the Borderlands, has a zombie DLC. You mm, know, true. So you just want to play like a a, a wild action game with zombies where you're just blowing zombies heads off. I mean, like th- that's, you know, that particular type of cocaine, right? Um, if you want to play a zombie horror game for the love of God, play the last of us. If you haven't played the last of us, play the last of us, you know? So if somebody's like, yeah, I'm thinking about getting into playing a zombie horror game. It, I'd be like, you, you played the last of us, right? They're like, no, I'm thinking like resident evil three for the PlayStation one. I'm like, I'd be like, no, I am legally obligated to stop you and tell you to play the last of us. It is just superior in, in every possible way. So and that's why I kind of say nostalgia monocle, but the one big takeaway for me for this whole thing, right? Is we need to play legend of Zelda Ocarina of time. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll, then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head. 
From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creep in With the edge of a smile You realize again What you lost for a while You're gonna think back much less On how you saved the day 